Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am really excited about today's show. I'll be joined by Gary Vaynerchuk, and we're going to talk about how Gary went from creating a simple video series way back when to what he's doing today, how it's exploded his personal brand, how it's totally exploded his business, and we're also going to get his insights on what he sees as the hot new trends in the world of social media. Uh, Also, if you need to email me, email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. With that, let's transition over to this week's awesome discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. I'm joined this week by Eric Fisher with a brand new find. Eric, what did you discover? I found Adobe Post. It's a cool little iOS app, and I know you're thinking, really, another create quote graphics or cool you know square graphics for Instagram type app. It does way more than that, and this one's turned out to really be my favorite. Adobe Post. So talk about it. What does it do and why is it better than some of the others that are out there? Well, first and foremost, the name Adobe kind of throws it out there as it's the makers of Photoshop and Illustrator. So, you know, for the most part, you know, it's good. The key differentiators for me from from all these other ones is that it's connected to your Adobe uh, creative cloud storage, if you use that which a lot of, you know, designers do, but you don't have to be a designer to really get a lot of really cool high quality design stuff out of it. It's got free high quality photos that are accessible through this to use in your your images that you're creating. Uh, one of the key things for me is it's got magic text, which means that you can resize your text quickly and easily by putting your finger down and, you know, dragging it and changing the the size and the layout and all that kind of stuff. Um, is it like well can- as, is it kind of like Canva? It's kind of like mobile Canva in a way. Mm. Yeah. So what's different about it? Um, one of the other key pieces is is it's you can save your projects. I see. So the, and, and and again, typically on a mobile, that's not something that really is there. Right. And um, does it have really cool ability to do typography and lots of fonts and stuff like that? Yeah. The, there's a, a ton of different. Actually, one of the other key pieces is that there's actually some professionally designed templates that come with it. So they're already in there and you can be like, oh, that's exactly what I want. I just want to swap out this image and this text and boom, it's the same same template basically professionally designed by Adobe people, but now I can use it. Is it only for square images, like for example on Instagram or can you do other stuff with it as well? No, it's it's much more than that. Cool. And do you know if it's tablet and iPhone or if it's just iPhone? For now, it's just iPhone. Gotcha. What's the cost? It's free. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, 
Where can we find? And by the way, can you also pop in your own images, like out of your camera roll? Yes. Yeah, you can import stuff from out of your your camera roll and everything. Wow, that sounds really yeah. cool. Where do we find it? Go to post. Uh, sorry, post.adobe.com. Post.adobe.com, and it's called Adobe Post. Awesome find, Eric. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. With that, let's transition over to my interview with Gary Vaynerchuk. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I am extremely excited to introduce Gary Vaynerchuk on the podcast. If you don't know who Gary is, he's the CEO of VaynerMedia, host of the Ask Gary V Show, and author of Jab, 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 Right Hook. His brand new book is called Ask Gary V, One Entrepreneur's Take on Leadership, Social Media, and Self-Awareness. Gary, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. I'm super pumped up. So today, Gary and I are going to explore how Gary created a video show that became an audio podcast and ultimately a book. And we're going to get into how he's marketing the book and also his thoughts on what's the hottest stuff in social media. Gary, I want to go back a little bit um, to back when you were at Wine Library with your family, back before you even started your video show. Um, Did you have big dreams back then um, or were you just a kid working in the family business? Uh, I've had big dreams for a long, I think third grade was when I started talking about buying the New York jets. So probably, you know, five to seven years before I started working at my dad's liquor store, I already had, you know, hundred million dollar ambitions. And so I've dreamt big from the get, from a business standpoint, um, and an entrepreneurial standpoint. So literally the third day I worked for my dad bagging ice for two bucks an hour, I was already plotting how I was going to open up 4,000 of these wine stores. So I've, uh, I've never lacked ambition, optimism, bravado, excitement, you know, focus. That's just, it, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a creature of DNA, Michael. I don't think I was, I don't think I was really created, I, I, meaning I don't think it was based on the things that happened in my life. I think they came out the womb. Let me ask you this. So how, long, how old were you when you were bag and ice and you started at your dad's business? 14. And at what point, how old were you when you decided to start this idea of a video show? Uh, I started at February 20, uh, I was 29 and a half. Okay. So it was quite some time. So, um, yeah, because I think the narrative, and this is fun to like create some yeah. uh, clarity. I don't, I, I think a lot more people think it was just wine library TV that blew up my business. 
But the truth was it was really much more web 1.0 marketing, having a website in 98, email marketing, Google AdWords. Um, there was a lot of other things besides becoming Gary Vee or the Wine Library TV show that changed the course of my career. I'd already made it by the time. You know, the funny thing for me is as a guy who's a pundit and a talking head and an author and a, a personality that speaks about this stuff, I'm a lot, I, I kind of laugh because I was 30 before I started Wine Library TV and I was 32 before I started talking about marketing and being a personality. So I'd already been in business for a decade and already built a $50 million plus business before I had the audacity to say that I was worth listening to. And so, yeah, the wine show came much after I had already started the process of building a very big business. And um, so how many years back from today, I mean, I have no idea how old you are now, but I mean, what are we talking, like 2008 or something like that when you started the, video, the wine library TV? February 21st, 2006. So it was less than a year after YouTube had been created. Did, uh, and so there did, was and did you have success in the beginning or did it kind of take a little while to catch on as far as the video? Yeah. It took quite a while. It, was really, it really didn't pop until summer of 07. So it took me a good 15, 16, 17 months before anybody gave a crap. Um, and, uh, but I knew. There was enough. There was enough comments. There was enough, whoa, this is like Food Network. Or, wow, this is amazing. Or, whoa, you're so interesting. I'm going to buy my wine for me, from you. It was enough to keep me going. Just enough activity. Just enough. And don't forget, Zay Frank, the show. Uh, Zay Frank and, um, and uh, Rocket Boom were two video blogs that were making a little no- noise in 2006 and 7 and 8 that were getting bigger. That, and I just, I just knew, man. I, I just was willing to be patient. And then uh, I ended up on the Conan O'Brien show and Lifehacker and TechCrunch and Dig Nation. And everything exploded, huh? And everything exploded. Did you, did you know in the early days when you were making these videos that you were on to something or that you were in your sweet spot? Or was this just another marketing vehicle that Gary was using in addition to AdWords and all that other kind of stuff? That's such a great question. You know what? I don't know if anybody's ever asked me it that way. And it was fun the way my brain just reacted to that. I... <clears throat> You know, because by the way, you know, these interviews, you get asked so much of the same stuff. Sure. Your, your brain's on cruise control. I actually enjoyed having my brain had to think there a little bit. So good <laughs> job, Michael. You fired me up a little bit. Um, uh, do, 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 do. I think, I actually remember now, February, then I kind of was like, eh, it's not going to happen. And then July. Uh, in July, before, in July of 06, about a year before it popped, uh, but about five months after it started, I was like, wait a minute, I'm good at this. Because at first I thought of myself as I had to do it as a necessity. The only way to do a YouTube show was for me to talk about wine. But I'm a salesman. I'm a businessman. I'm not a personality. I'm not a guy. I'm not Emeril Lagasse. You know, that's kind of like what my brain was saying. But then in the summer of that year, I was like, wait a minute. I'm a personality. I'm a guy. I'm a, I'm a sticky. This is funny. Who knew? Wow. My charismatic self in real life or being the class clown is translating and people are reacting and uh, that will probably be good. But I didn't really like, I didn't think like, oh, I'm unbelievable or I'm a star or anything like that. I was just like, oh, this is, thank God. Thank God I'm good at this. You know, this will do better because I can hold people's attention. Awesome. So we're going to fast forward now to the idea of starting a new video series called the Ask Gary V Show, which I think you started... Um, 
on YouTube and Facebook, I'm guessing. Is that correct? That's correct. And that was the summer of 14. Yes, summer of 14. Uh, D-Rock, David Rock, uh, was a kid that ad hoc emailed me. And I get millions of emails like, I'll work for you for free. I'll do this. I'm sure you get that too now, Michael. You know how it is, right? Yep. Just hustlers doing their thing, which I always love and I read and I smile. But I never want to take advantage or if I'm too busy. Just who knows why the hell I said yes. He said, I wanted to make a film about you. I said, yeah, that'd be cool. I miss video content. I haven't been doing it. I've been head down building VaynerMedia the last couple of years. I've been kind of in a lull in my brand. I hadn't been doing content regularly. I'm like, this will be a good spike up. To, yeah, why not? Let's see what it looks like. I love documentaries. Da, da, da. Makes a great little film. I loved it. I loved him. And literally before it even aired, I was like, hey, you want to work for me full time? We'll just do video content. You'll DJ the content from my keynotes in 09, 10, 11. I bet you if we do some editing and maybe I do a, you know, a, a voiceover, we can create some content and what's the worst thing that can happen? And then on a random day, I literally just walked up to him and said, come into the room with me. And literally him and Steve Unwin, a guy that was doing editorial for me on my team, um, we just sat down and we did the first episode. I took random questions on Twitter uh, that were being asked of me and I did the show and that became the format forever, you know? Okay. So, uh, so, so how many years now have you been running this Ask Gary V thing, the video series? I think we're at a year and a half. So how did the idea pop into your head? Did you see someone else doing ask me shows or did you just, I mean, like, I'm curious about the genesis of that idea or was this intentional? Oh, like I'm going to, this is part of some bigger strategy from day one. Um, I got a really good answer for that because it's the truth and it's, it's a really interesting concept. I started realizing that my keynotes and my public speaking career was flourishing because of Q&A. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, and you probably feel this, whether you do it with slides like most people or you do it improv like I do, I was recognizing that I was getting into the same cadence. It was the same lemonade story. It was the same, I did this with Wine Library, then Wine Library TV came, it was the same search Twitter. I was like, damn it, I always made fun of people that said the same thing, but like 70% of my speech is the same. How do I get out of that? And I started pushing organizers to let me do more Q&A. So it's a 45-minute you know, keynote, can I do 30 minutes and do 15 minutes Q&A, right? right? I started doing more of that. And it was fire, Michael. Like People were like, People were surprised, I think, that I really knew what the hell I was talking about to the level where there was no hesitation of any question around business and social media and technology and brand and all this stuff. And it kind of separated me, right? I wasn't doing my shtick or I wasn't memorizing stuff. I was answering anything always on the spot, sharp as a tack, legit. It just worked, you know? That's awesome. And I love that too. I mean, uh, I think that's so cool. So, so what I hear you saying is you, you, you really were in your sweet spot when you were interacting and answering questions with the audience. Thank and you said to yourself, God. you know, I don't need to travel to do this. I that's can record right. this and yes. I can share it to the world. Yes. Is that right? That's right. That my differentiator, my sweet spot, where I separated myself from everybody else, including like I, where I think I'm different than all the amazing names that you have at your amazing conference is I truly think I'm better at Q&A at it than they are. I really do. I think that's what I'm uniquely good at. Um, or, and so I said, you know what? Let me put myself in a position to succeed. Let me deliver on something that I'm really good at. And uh, let me see if I can build this pillar out. By having this show, it's going to be successful. I'm going to come out of retirement from video blogging. I'm good at it. The show's going to get big. 
and then that's going to allow me to do more keynote speeches with just Q&A, where I just show up right. and everybody's ready for me to do Q&A and I'm going to be able to bring fire for 45 minutes or an hour instead of 15 and you will be bringing that fire to social media marketing world, which I'm very excited about. Finally, we did it. Yes, I'm so excited about that. Um, going back to the first time you pulled into your conference room and decided to do this video thing where they threw a bunch of questions at you and you answered it. For people that aren't familiar with your video show, tell them kind of what the format is. There's a conference room that's all glass in my office at VaynerMedia where I sit down, the camera's right in front of me, uh, and then I have... Uh, India now, used to be Steve, one person asked me five questions that come from social media, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, and I answered them. And, um, and you know. And, there, and it's one take. Oh, yeah. Oh, very much. And, and I, how much do you edit out? I mean, like, do you, do you condense it down at all or no? No. They did that a little bit, uh, which we never did with TV. so I started making them black and white out. Uh, so now when they wanted to edit, if it was something they would normally edit, it actually goes black and white instead of color. Oh, is that why you do that? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And that's why it goes black and white. Those are normal edit spots that usually have banter or a fly comes on my nose or, <laughs> or whatever it is. Right. Uh, I don't want anybody – I'm also equally of my Q&A skills outrageously proud of my ability to go one take. Right. And – and I just, you know, the more I can do that, the more I can show that. And they don't prep you in advance and tell you what the questions are that you find out as you're recording, right? Correct. Because I think, I actually think I'm better in that environment than if I knew ahead of time. Gotcha. I actually think that I would overthink things and try to get too cute. Right. And so, um, so what uh, happens after the recording is done? I literally run the hell out of there and go to my next meeting. So is it like literally you just pull 10 minutes or 15 minutes for this and you do it? How often do you do it? I do it pretty much every day that I'm in New York. Um, and, uh, and is the goal uh, like twice a week to publish this or something like that? The goal is really fun. The goal up until about a month ago was five days a week. If I was here, gotcha. what's happened is I've recently started something called daily V, which is kind of a vlog, uh, where D rock follows now D rock follows me around 24 seven. Stefan films ask Gary V, but D rock is live vlogging me my days and we're editing them into episodes where, we can teach people that would learn the way I learn, which is I wouldn't learn from Ask Gary Vee or my books. I would learn from Daily Vee because I learn by watching people. And so I've created content that I think will teach a lot of the entrepreneurs and hustlers by watching my behaviors and my interactions. Uh, and so I'm just, I continuously try to find ways to bring value and utility to my audience. And that's my plan with Daily V. So now the new plan is two Daily Vs, two Ask Gary Vs as the ambition per week. Gotcha. Now, um, to the Ask Gary V show, once you haul out of there and move on to your next meeting, do you have any idea what does your team do behind the scenes? Do they, because I think you're using this in many different ways. You have a podcast, for example, right? An audio podcast and maybe even a video yes. one. I don't know. Talk about what you guys are doing with this raw yeah, the, video. The, the show is mainly a video show. The reason my podcast is doing just okay is it's a complimentary to what I'm really doing, which is a video podcast, it's it. The Ask Gary Vee show is consumed way more on video than it is on audio. But you are, but you are repurposing the content in many yes. different channels, right? I am. It's on Facebook and YouTube mainly. Um, I am audio podcasting it, but the truth is, just like my thesis, because it isn't made for audio, 
I do think that some things are lost in translation as a transcribe and, and, and it makes sense for me why my podcast doesn't do as well as it could if it was like my podcast. And that's fundamentally because it's the secondary, uh, execution of the content. Well, you know, there are plenty of people that probably don't have 10 minutes to sit at the screen, but would listen to you when they're running around from meeting to meeting, right? So oh, and, and that, yeah, that's happening at scale uh, and it's doing great, but it is definitely a, it's definitely a video show. It's, yeah, it's not. But I think the lesson here is that you can take something that's video and you can publish it as a podcast for a secondary audience, which is kind of cool. And I'm sure by most podcaster standards, your show on your podcast is actually quite large. <laughs> you know, by your by your standards, it may not be. Um, just out of curiosity, what's better for you, Facebook or YouTube, as far as you know, engagement and viewers? Do you have any clue? Uh, you know, they they view things differently. You know, obviously, my my. So I've looked at the data, and the view counts are you know, Facebook has much more virality upside for me. Right, people tend to share it, so. I would say I would say Facebook, um, YouTube is a very mature ecosystem at this point. Right. I've got to do certain things like JVs and collaborations and advertising and other things to really let that take off. So I I, I would say today it's Facebook, though. You know, YouTube is is growing extremely well, and you know they're both working pretty well. But I I would de- to, to, for the to answer the punchline, it's it's Facebook. Now, um, somewhere along the line, you decide to create a book with the same name as the show. So at what point did you get the idea that all this content I'm producing could be possibly partly repurposed into a book or, or, um, am, or am I wrong? And there's nothing, there's no parallels at all. I don't know. So there is, repur- so it's interesting and I've got to be careful because I think, I think I'm going to sell less books because there's no way to fully communicate that these are not just the answers from the show. And I don't think I'm doing a good job with only 40 days to go to let people know like, okay, a couple things. One, every answer is kind of expanded on from the show. It's not a straight transcribe. I added content to it and then I edited it and then I added 150 questions. So it's a- It's, it's a big book, by the way, we should state. This is not this is not like just a simple little, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah it's very important. Big, yeah, you're right. It is a bigger, it's a, you know what? I, you've got the galley, right? Yeah, I have two of them. I was surprised how fat it was. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's bigger than Thank You Economy and Crush It combined, I think. So it's, yeah, it's a big book. I'm super pumped. Uh, I'm di- you know what's so funny? I know I've got to deliver as the person that's being interviewed, uh, but you're like literally one of the first people I've talked to that's got it. So like, I'm like equally going to ask you about it for a few minutes, if you don't mind to pander to me. Well, um, I will tell you, I only got the book a c- couple days ago, so I haven't, so you haven't, gotten into I haven't dug into got it yet, no but, but I've um, skimmed it and I can tell that it's not... What I will tell you is this is not just little um, uh, tweets of Gary put into a book. This is actually meat. Just like jab, jab, That's jab, right. Right, right hook was meat. Yeah, I think I've done a – you know what? I've been happy about that. As somebody who puts out micro content all day long, I recognize that the books have to do that. I'm – like i got to be honest with you. I'm super fired up. Like first of all, I think it's – secretly crush it 2.0, right? And that's by far the book that kind of put me on the map and still continues to be a book that people are, I think, you know, it's just a beast. Um, uh, number two, it's the first time that I've really gone 360 on operations, work-life balance, leadership. Like this is much more of a complete thought than like here's social media marketing. So my ambition with the book is to be the entrepreneur's blueprint. Like I almost wonder, I've multiple times been concerned that I went too deep into just calling it Ask Gary V and was too excited about 
continuing to build out this Ask Q&A franchise because I'm so hungry to only do Q&A for my keynotes that if I called it the modern entrepreneurial blueprint, it would, it would be much more representative of what I delivered in the book. I'm, I'm outrageously confident that I'm gonna get universal feedback that's positive because people that have read it that don't like me at my publisher or other places have been saying that, and so I'm really fired up. I think, I think I'm gonna see tweets that say, look, I think he's obnoxious and whatever, but I gotta admit, the book's really good. And I'm excited about that. Well, you know, let's just, let's unpack this a little bit because I think okay. what's exciting about this, Gary, is that you know how ideas start, right? They probably start as a 10-second Snapchat, right, or a 140-character tweet. And then yes. you ruminate on them because people ask you over and over again, and then some of these questions you elaborate on inside of your Ask Gary V show, and then you begin to ruminate them on them even more, and then they grow from a little seed into like an entire garden of ideas that you ultimately are putting into the book, and it's the creative process, isn't it? 100%. This is the culmination of a, of a, I mean, if you want to take it even further back, it's probably the culmination of one random keynote that I gave, who knows where, who knows when, where the feedback was so intense about my Q&A part that I'm like, hmm, is this really what I should be doing? You know, like this is probably where I should be pushing this. And so it goes back even further than that, Michael. And, and so that excites me. Um, and, uh, and I'm just, I'm excited that this has been, uh, you know, something that I took from, oh, I like this part of my keynotes to doing a couple of tweets that say, hey, ask me anything and I'm answering in tweet form to then getting the serendipity of somebody who does video for me to then let's do a show, then it becomes a podcast. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. It's a complete culmination of a seed of intuition and reaction to people's response to something that ends up becoming a platform. And you know, if you think about it, if you didn't bother to take up this guy that said he'd come do something for you for free, some video work, and then you didn't have the idea to say, hey, let's meet in the office right now and turn on the camera, right? If you never even entertained those ideas, you wouldn't even have this book right now necessarily, would you? Well, now you're getting into why I love life, right? Like, how cool is that, right? Yeah. Like, that's why I believe in serendipity, and that's why I... uh, wish more people understood that. What do you want to say to people who are kind of afraid to just try a new idea? That the uh, upside of trying a new idea will always, and, and then succeeding, will always outweigh the downside of 11 failed ideas. That is huge. That is huge. I think it's huge. I really do think it's huge. And the truth is, even as I delivered it, I've never said it exactly like that. I'm glad I said it here because I'll try to remember this is where it came from and I'll go- always give you daps, Michael. <laughs> you like, said it. Like, don't worry. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's true though, you yeah. know? Yeah. It is awesome. Um, are you, do you, I know that when it comes to books, you're kind of a you, – you, the ideas that you – I don't know. Let me rephrase. How can I say this? Do you have any interesting and creative ways you're getting the word out about this book that's maybe different than the way you've done your other books? Or do you kind of have a game plan and you just have a team and they execute yeah, on it? Yeah, Crush It Crush It became – You know, I'm super proud that a lot of people that have gone on to sell a lot of books always give me daps. Like the whole packages, buy a bunch of books for access. Right. Uh, I, I think that you know this one's a little different in the fact that the show, both shows, and my Snapchat behavior – is doing a lot of branding. Like I feel my brand, you know, listen, a lot of people that are listening to your podcast and a lot of people that I'm going to meet at your conference, they, um, if they, 
cared to pay attention to all the personalities that take the stage there, they probably know that both for Thank You Economy and Jab to Jab Right Hook, my quote-unquote personal brand wasn't as hot, as feverish. Like Before both those books came out, I definitely wasn't getting as many emails, getting stopped to take pictures. Right now my brand is in a hotter place because of the two shows and my Snapchat. So I think the biggest difference this book has compared to the other two pre, you know, excluding. You have a massive fan base that's ready to buy it, right? I've always had solid fan base and it's, and I don't know if it's that much bigger than before. I think they're more deeply engaged in me Mm. and feel that I've provided. I think that I've jabbed my community so well for the last 18 months with the free content that, and access that there's going to be a lot of right hooks landed come March 8th. That's awesome. I want to, I want to get your thoughts on, um, well, you brought up Snapchat. Let's start with that. What What do you want to say to marketers that are still a little, you know, like I'm 47, okay? And I know that there's a lot of marketers that are over 35, the non-millennials that are, that are maybe thinking that Snapchat thing is just for the younger generation. What do you want to say to them? And what's your thoughts on Snapchat? I want to say that anybody who's listening, I think you should not be on Snapchat and should not figure it out because that will give me more time to get more value out of the platform. Uh, and I think that you should not listen to me or Michael or Michael. I mean, last time, you know, the first, last and first time I was on your show, we had Sean Doris, right? Like, yep. We've been talking about this for a while. Yep. Uh, I believe that Snapchat's going through its big moment. It's that crossover moment where it goes completely mainstream. And I think it's going to be the platform, you know, right there with Instagram. Why? What, what are the signs that you're seeing that make you believe that? Normal people spending time consuming. My brother-in-law spending four hours a day now consuming ESPN and me and other personalities content. It's, it's people are consuming it. They under, it's very confusing up front and then very not confusing. And, and once, once you get over the hurdle, unlike Twitter, which was very confusing up front and continued to stay confusing for normal people, Snapchat is even more confusing up front. But when you figure it out, it takes on a YouTube-like environment where people can't help but follow 17 different things, four media companies, 11 personalities, two schools, one radio station, and they just love it. Tell people how you are using Snapchat and what's your Snapchat idea so they can understand maybe how they might be able to model some of what you're doing. Well, if you go follow Gary VEE, which is my Snapchat, you'll see what I'm doing, which is really I'm daily vlogging. It's a day in the life content, uh, but I'm trying to provide value. So I'm doing these kind of Snapchat secrets where I'm just pontificating against business opportunities that I'm seeing that I hope everybody who's watching goes and, and actually uses for business success. And so I'm really doing the stuff that I've always done on Twitter and what I used to do on Ustream when I live streamed a bunch back in 07, 08, 09, 10, 11, stuff that I do on YouTube, stuff that I do on Ask Gary V. I'm just trying to provide business. I'm trying to show the day in the life of a real entrepreneur and trying to not only make it just about me and look at me, I'm so cool, but also kind of step out of that character and provide tidbits and ideas that will help people. So, um, for those that don't know, Snapchat is uh, generally 10-second video. So how many of these are you doing in a typical day, Gary? And do you do them all kind of at one time or do you do them throughout the day? I'm doing them throughout the day and I'm probably doing 5 to 11 a day. Okay. And do you kind of 
treat them just like you do your Ask Gary V show where you just kind of spontaneously pull out your iPhone and hit the button and record? Or do you intentionally kind of plan out certain kinds of things at certain kinds of days? How do no, you, how do, you do that? It's 1000% serendipity. So you just, you just, it's all spontaneous pretty much is what you're saying. For right? me it is. And by the way, I don't think that's the right thing. I just think that's my thing. That's your thing, yeah. That's and 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 when I say my thing, I just mean I'm not even capable of planning anything out. You yeah. know, it's just not. I'm not good at it. Yeah. It's why I like Q and A. I'm much more improv. Gotcha. You know, uh, very interesting, very cool. So Snapchat, what's your prediction on where it's going to go in the future? I mean, I'll tell you right now what my prediction is, and Please. I'd love to hear yours. I believe that people are going to say Facebook, Snapchat, and then all the other social networks a year from now when they start listing social networks. I think it'll outdo I think, Twitter. I think I think Instagram's the other one, but I would say that Snapchat will be rolling off the tongue of entrepreneurs, social media experts, pundits, media types uh, at a level that is going to surprise people. One so of the, the people big- always listed in the top four, you Three. think? Three. Yeah, def- definitely top four. Um, and I think it also has the potential to pass uh, Twitter rolling off of people's mouths. What else are you And, ex- and by the way, yeah. by the way, our crowd, the people that listen to this right. and are on stage and things of that nature, that's what I'm referring to because Twitter's so big for us. Right. For normal people, 90% of America, it's already past Twitter as a mainstream play. That's, that's crazy. What else are you excited about beyond Snapchat, social network-wise or social media-wise? Uh, musically. I think musically is super interesting. What is it? Uh, it's a platform where it's kind of like Vine and Instagram, but there's music overlay, and it's kind of like you can dub or you can like act within the content. It's very big amongst youngsters. Uh, I think it's a super interesting platform. Uh, is it spelled uniquely, or is it just like it sounds? It's music.ly. Okay. And then I'm super pumped into After School, which is a high school-only social network. Huh. Uh, I think it, that's emerging as a very similar blueprint that we saw with Facebook, which was it was only for college kids and then boom, right? So mm-hmm. that's exciting. Um, and so- What about what about live video stuff like Periscope and Facebook Live? I mean, obsessed. I know, what's I'm your thoughts investor, on that? I'm an investor in Meerkat, um, which is obviously the third yep. place player right now. And we'll see how that plays out. But Ben Rubin's a pioneer in that. And, uh, and I think that they're incredibly interesting platforms. Do you think you'll ever do live stuff or do you think it's just too I've hard to fit it? I've been doing it. No, you- I've, been do- I've been doing Facebook Live and Periscope uh, I've been dragging on Meerkat because I never fully, you know, I'm proud that no matter what my investment is, whatever's the best for right. my audience, I will do. And so I've been doing, uh, I've been doing some Periscope and Facebook living and I like it. I so like it what's your thoughts on the whole live video thing? I mean, you think it's like I think a it's trend? Real. It's real. Yeah, okay. no, no, I think it's real. I think it's real. I also think that not that many people, so I think, I think a lot of people can do Snapchat I do not believe that to be true for the live stuff. It's very hard to keep an audience captivated in a live environment for a long period of time, and most people are going to struggle with it. Tell us, what, what are you doing when you go live? Are they just little three-minute cl- clips, or are you actually taking no, Q&A? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really doing Q&A. To me, Q&A, like when, I mean, look, I get paid. <laughs> you love Q&A. <laughs> I, I love Q&A because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the thing that I'm not gorgeous. I'm not a supermodel, you know? <laughs> like, I'm not talented. I can't sing. Like it's the thing that I can do that brings the most value to the people that decide to tune in. You, you I'm going to guess you're an extrovert. Is that a safe assessment? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I would imagine, I would imagine this just kind of gets your mind rolling, doesn't it? When you get a chance to interact with people and it sounds like you just love to do it all the time, right? 
Yeah, I, I definitely feel as though um, uh, I definitely feel as though it's uh, it's something that comes natural to me, and I'm very blessed and lucky that I was in the prime of my business career during the social media, aka people interacting with each other world. I mean, look, you're going to see this firsthand at the conference. I'm never going to be the guy that's going to try to sneak backstage, give my talk, sneak out, VIP, three bodyguards, black car, I want green M&Ms, don't let me see anybody. <laughs> like, like, you know, I am... Um, you're, a peop- I, you're a man of the people. And, not, and I don't want to say that because that alludes to even that version. Like, I'm... No, but I mean, I mean it in the true sense of the reality. I, you're, like, you're like it. a normal... I, you're a guy that loves I, hanging around people. I'm, first of all, I'm disproportionately humbled and grateful that people give a crap. And then second of all, even if they don't, right, they were there because their friend came, they never even heard of me. I mean, it's, you know, look, I'm in this game hard, but there'll be an amazing amount of people in that audience that don't even know who I am because they're new to the game and they haven't caught wind of me or who the hell knows or didn't like me once 40 years ago and decided not to pay attention. Like, I like it as much for the people that admire me or think I'm cool or think I do good shit as I do for the person that had no idea, but we stumbled with each other into each other at the bathroom and we talked for a few minutes. Like, I love human interaction. Well, everyone, I want you to go grab a copy of Gary's book. Um, is there a certain place you want them to go get the book, Gary? No, not necessarily. I, I, want, I want them to buy the book wherever... It scratches their itch if they're super into supporting. They'll be able to find it any bookstore. Anywhere, yeah, right? I, I would. Well, I would hope so. I mean, I, you know, local bookstores can get tricky sometimes. They don't like to take on risk, and I'm right. not now Gladwell, right, or Hillary Clinton. So, but, uh, but, um, I, I will say this: I, uh, I, I, I take enormous pride in that. I try to make that fifteen or nineteen or sixteen or thirteen dollars. My biggest goal when I write a book is for somebody to finish it and say. I cannot believe I only paid 12 bucks for this. Well, Gary Vaynerchuk, author of the brand new book, Ask Gary V. Thank you for coming on and being really open with the questions and the answers. And on behalf of all my listeners, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to shaking your hand at Social Media Marketing World. Can't wait. And anybody who's listening that's going to be there, if you happen to see me, please don't go shy guy. Come and give me a high five. Have a healthy day. And thanks for the time. Well, I hope you really enjoyed that talk with Gary. If there was anything that we talked about at all in today's show and you just missed it, well, guess what? We take all the detailed notes for you. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 188 stands for episode 188. Also, if you're new to the show, hit that subscribe button on that podcast player of yours and don't ever miss a future episode. We got some amazing shows lined up for you. And this does bring us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your week and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.